Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless his name. I, I want to deviate from my John 10 study for this Lord's Supper Sunday. And I want to call your attention to Matthew chapter 26. And in your reading time, read all of Matthew chapters 24 through 28. But this morning for our time, Matthew chapter 26, and I will only read verses 36 through 39, but I'll be referencing 36 through 46. Matthew chapter 26, do you have it? Remember we are reading at least 15 minutes every day and praying it's 15 minutes every day. Oh, wow. Amen. You have it. Say, I have it. I'm reading from the King James Version. And let's read out loud verses 36 through 39 uh, together out loud. All right. Let's read. All right. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane and said unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then said he unto them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed saying, O oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thy will. The grass withereth, the flower fade away, but the word of our God shall stand forever. I want to lift up from verse 39. And he went a little, a little further. And he went a little further. You may be seated. And he went a little further. And he went a little further. And he went. And this is the motto of, of champions, of scholars of doctors, attorneys, pastors, husbands, wives, choir members, whatever your station in life is, to be successful and victorious, we must go a little further. As a kingdom-focused fellowship, we go farther than just meeting on Sunday morning, meeting, eating, and greeting. If we are going to evangelize this world, we must go 
a little further. That's why some people don't get blessed. They become satisfied with mediocrity. And they don't want to go a little further. That's why God is blessing this fellowship. This fellowship have had the mentality. That's why the devil is mad at St. James because St. James had a mentality of going a little further. When they left Midway, they went a little further. When they built the first building, the Wynn Conference Center, then they built in 1986 in a, what we now call the Franklin Chapel, they went a little further. And then in 2006, we entered this building. We could have stayed over there. Amen. But we went a little further. The main idea of this sermon is to emphasize the prayer life of the Savior. Big Mama used to say it, if Jesus had to pray, what about you and I? This is a simple application point that I want to make from this passage that we need to learn to pray like Jesus prayed. Jesus prayed regularly. Jesus prayed early in the morning. His ministry was built on prayer. There are 168 hours in a week. How much time have you spent last week in prayer out of 168 hours in a week how much time did you spend in prayer got real quiet there's going to be 168 hours this week how much time are you planning on spending in prayer if you can't fast and pray with us from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m., then join us at any time to pray. Paul says to the church at Thessalonica, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse number 17, pray without ceasing. The only thing that the disciples asked Jesus to teach them to do, well, Lord, teach us to pray. That would been me. I would have asked him, show me how to make some of the miracles, man. Show me how to turn some water into wine. Show me how to walk on water. Show me how to pull some gold out of a fish's mouth. But they saw the power of prayer. And they asked the Lord, Lord, teach us to pray. You see, before God can do something through us, he must do something to us. And that takes place when we pray. Billy Graham was once asked if he had to live his life over again, what would he do differently? Billy Graham said that he would pray more and preach less. It is one survey said that 85% of Americans said they prayed sometime. Even atheists and agnostics have said that they pray because people understand there is a source of strength in prayer that you can't get from anywhere else. When you pray, 
And we challenge this church, those of us who are married, pray this week, our at-the-table ministry. Pray with your family. Pray on your way to work. Pray your way back from work. Pray on Wednesday night. If you can't be here at 6 o'clock on Wednesday night, know that we are meeting in prayer and start praying because uh, 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 there's power in prayer. And the devil don't want us to pray. When you pray, you stop playing because God gonna deal with you first. See, a lot of us think the problem is somebody else. A lot of us think the problem is Trump, but no, it's not Trump. When you start praying, God gonna show you, you. And you can say it's not my mother or my brother, but it's me, oh Lord, amen. When you pray, when you pray, you will discover that I got to look at the man in the mirror. So, so Jesus, the overview of Gethsemane, Jesus had instituted the Lord's Supper. He had done the great teaching on humility by teaching his disciples, by washing his disciples' feet in John chapter 13. And what's wrong with a lot of Christians today? We are still a little arrogant and cocky. Amen. You hear me say it. Some of y'all come to Bible study. You heard me say it before, even in my sermon. Every time I see my president, I don't judge him. He reminds me of me before I got saved. I was full of myself and could nobody tell me nothing because I knew everything. But when you pray, Jesus taught us humility. And some of you will keep a job if you learn how to keep your mouth shut. Some of you may keep a place to stay if you learn how to keep your mouth shut. Some of you may keep your marriage together if you learn how to shut up and humble yourself before the mighty hand of God. Jesus had taught a new commandment, a new commandment give I thee, that you love one another as I have loved you. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples by your love one for the other. And then Jesus, they left uh, uh, the upper room they sang a hymn. Jesus was a singer. That's why we have singing in our, in our worship. Jesus was a singer. I would have loved to hear Jesus sing. See, what's wrong with some of y'all? You need to change your songs. You need to stop listening to B.B. King and Snoop Dogg. Amen. Because you don't get, you, if you get Snoop, you got to have the dog. Amen. You get, and, uh, and, and start listening to uh, uh, buy our, the, our choir CD buy uh, a male chorus CD buy uh, 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 a remedy CB, a CB, CD and start listening to good wholesome singing music Jesus song of him I can't get rid of folk who never sing he, he didn't say you got to make a beautiful voice he said make a joyful noise amen and your noise could be noisy, but it ought to be joyful. Amen. Jesus, son, start singing around your house. Go in today. It's still a long faith. That's why I told the church on Wednesday night. I, I'm glad I'm not married to some of y'all because some of y'all look at home the way y'all look over here. <laughs> we'll bless his name. <laughs> put on, you might need to put on Jane Brown. <laughs> Jesus, son. God almighty. And went out to the mountain. There we have a tendency to rush through Gethsemane trying to get to the cross and to resurrection. But two th 
things I want to lift up this morning from Gethsemane. Two very important points. First of all, in verses 36 through 38, the acknowledgement. Somebody say the acknowledgement. See, see, what I love about the Christian faith is we don't have to live in denial. Regardless of your station, regardless of your space, regardless of your uh, particular paradigm, uh, the Christian faith helped me to face that with the hope of God. What, whatever's in your cup, see, it may be a bitter cup, see, but, but the Christian faith, I don't have to deny reality. If you're going to the doctor, taking medication, you ain't got to claim it. <laughs> you sick. <laughs> Let me say that again. If you're going to the doctor and you taking medication, you don't have to claim it. You are sick. You see, um, life will give us sometime a bitter cup. Job said in Job 14 and 1, man is born of a woman of a few days and full of trouble. Uh, uh, M. Scott Peck in his book, The Road Less Travel, said life is just difficult. And as soon as we recognize that, life will be better. You see, the bitter cup could be a disease. We got members now sick with different diseases. It could be divorce. It could be cancer. It could be drug addiction. It could be uh, 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 any other kind of thing. That, that the mother of a young man that was killed in Dallas in his own apartment eating ice cream shot by an officer of Dallas Police Department. Now that's a bitter cup. And if you're not careful, your cup your bitter cup will make you bitter. That's why you find a lot of bitter folk at church. Just keep looking at me. Don't look around. Because you may be sitting beside a bitter person. I mean, they, all this good singing, all this good praising, they ain't said nothing. Just sitting looking like they mad. Like, yeah, I, I'm about to go off up in here. Amen. That's somebody drinking from that bitter cup. Some of y'all may be married to somebody who is a bitter person. Man, listen, man. Amen. That, that cup, if you are not careful, will make you bitter. And Jesus was not afraid of death. Jesus was approaching his sacrificial death on the cross. Charles Spurgeon said crucifixion was a death worthy to have been invented by the devils. The pain which it involved were immeasurable. This morning in his, in his prayer, Reverend Oldham started praying about by his stripes, we are healed. And Jesus was agonizing with his, with his humanity. Jesus was both God and man. The hypostatic union of God. He was just as much man as he was God. And the, the humanity of Christ was struggling with him dying for us. Jesus was innocent. Jesus was innocent. And he died for the guilty. Can none of us say that? Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned. Come short of the glory of God. Jesus, who was innocent, perfect, 
was facing a vicarious death on the cross for us. Well, bless his name. And that cup was bitter. Samuel Jackson asked a question on TV. What's in your wallet? And this morning I ask you, what's in your cup? can be a bitter cup it can be it can be a bitter if you if you haven't had a drink from it just keep keep living you can treat everybody right cut your own grass mind your own business pay your tithes and still in life there will come a time when you got to drink out of the bitter cup Amen. Some of y'all done the best you could with your children. Look how they acting. Some of y'all done the best, and they acting the biggest fool right now. You said, if I had known you were to act like this, I would just left you at daycare. Amen. I mean, and here you are on your job being the best employee, work hard, that early, stay late, and still they pass you over with promotion. That's a bitter cup. A bitter cup. How are you going to handle Bitter cup. Dr. Foster, in the book that we are studying right now, says, but God's desire is to transform the misery, not bypass it. See, a lot of us trying to get away from the bitter cup, but it's in that bitter cup that God shows you he's God. It's, it's in that, it's in that, it's in that cup. You got to acknowledge if you're lonely, if you're sick, whatever it is, you got to acknowledge the bitter cup. But how can we move from the bitter cup? Well, secondly, uh, 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 the acknowledgement, then secondly, how can you move from that bitter cup, from being bitter? Just, do y'all know some people like that? They just bitter. Do y'all know any choir member like that? They just bitter. <laughs> if you see them on Sunday evening after eating at Papa Do's, they are still at the first of the month, they get their check. You see them at the bank, they are still. If they get a new car, new home, you see them, they are still. You know anybody like that? That, that See, the bitter cup will make you bitter. No smiling. Have some people tell me, Reverend, why are you, all so, why are you always so doggone happy? <laughs> so I get sick of you coming out there smiling all the time. <laughs> I told him I learned how to deal with the bitter cup. That's why so many pastors are committing suicide. That's why so many pastors are leaving the ministry. They don't know how to deal with the bitter cup. Some of you think about quitting because you don't know how to deal with the bitter cup. Right here. Right here in the text, a bit of have to acknowledge it. Have to acknowledge it. You can't ignore it. You got that. Jesus said, uh, how, how, how can you deal with the bitter cup? How can the, that Negro left me <laughs> with a house full of children? How can I deal with it? And then to find out he was dating my first cousin. I just added that part there just, to, just for impact, <laughs> just to keep your attention, you know. How, how can I deal? I love my mama, I love my daddy, and they died. I prayed for them to be healed and they died. How can I deal with this bitter cup? 
Try to be the best pastor I can for 26 years. I had that part too. And still, <laughs> how do you deal with the bitter cup? Right here, right here. This, this second part here, verses 39 through 36. How you deal with the bitter cup? And, and I thank you. Well, I'm just, I, I just, I just marvel at how the Spirit of God works. See, what's wrong with a whole lot of our people? We don't hear the word enough. See, we're running too much, don't hear the word enough. You don't hear the word enough to take hope in your heart. How can you deal with the bitter cup? How do you deal with it? It's right here in this text. Jesus said, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, that's the toughest word to say. That's an adverb. That's, that's a tough, that's a difficult word to say. Nevertheless, how, how can you deal with it? Is the acceptance of the inevitable. You got to accept. Jesus fought with it and said, if there's any way possible, let me bypass Calvary. If there's any way possible, let me bypass this bitter cup, this being divorced, this being sick, this being ostracized, this being put out. If there's any way possible, can I get around this bitter cup? And then Jesus says, here, what we got to learn, if you're going to make it and keep evangelizing, you got to come to a place to say, not my will. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine will be done. That's how you make it, nevertheless. Somebody say, nevertheless. Stop, stop arguing with divinity. Stop arguing with providence. You have to surrender. Not, not my will. We pray that prayer in the, in the disciple prayer. Uh, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth and, and when God will come and it's not what we want, we get mad. But you're gonna pray your will be done. And then when God will happen, uh, many times we get upset. I prayed, I thought by now I'd be further ahead. Not my will, God's will be done. Nevertheless, nevertheless, if I never get married, nevertheless, if all the St. James never come to church, nevertheless, at thy will, God. See, we need to learn how to thank God for unanswered prayers. Goff Brooks had a song out entitled, Lord, Thank You for Unanswered Prayers. In this song, Goff Brooks talks about going back to his high school reunion and seeing his old sweetheart. The girl that he thought that he had planned to live with the rest of his life. But something happened. And when they finished high school, they went separate ways. And when he went back to his high school reunion, he saw her. And in the song, he said, boy, she was looking bad. <laughs> and then he got home and he wrote this song, Lord, thank you <laughs> for unanswered prayer. <laughs> Can you look back over your life and, and can thank God for some unanswered prayer? <laughs> God, I thought he was a hunk. I thought that was my man, but now I see him. Lord, thank you 
for unanswered prayer. You, you see, you see, you see, you see, Jesus uh, prayed obediently. Those words, nevertheless, not I will, but as I will, will be done, ought to be the foundation of our prayer lives. Lord, not my will, but thine will be done. Father, whatever your will is, I will trust you and I will obey you no matter what. He, his will is always best. Been my will, I will never been in Austin. Amen. Have nothing against Austin. Amen. Didn't know nobody in Austin but one preacher. Austin wasn't on my, my itinerary. But I had said to God, whatever you send me, I'm going. And then God knows what's best. If I never come to Austin, I would have never pastored St. James, which has to be the greatest church on this side of heaven. You see, God knows what he's doing. He, he knows, and you can trust God. Dr. Foster is talking about now about the way a celebration is you have to obey. Don't understand it, but you obey. That was wrong with a lot of us. We got educated, and now we're trying to understand God. Few of us went by HT or Prayer View or UT or Laterna or SMU, and we've gotten real heavy. And now we're trying to understand an infinite God. I tell you all, all the time, I'm still trying to understand how a black cow can eat green grass and give white milk. And you're going to try to understand an infinite God. I can't understand how a little baby can stay nine months in his mother's womb in water. And then once the little fella is born, if you throw him in the pool, he'll drown. I, I, I'm still trying to, don't even get me to understand an automobile engine or a cell phone or a computer. And you want to try to understand God? Can't understand why God takes some and leaves some. When, when he took my baby, that was a whole lot of folk. I would have, on my list, he could have taken other than my baby. But you don't understand God. We got to trust God. Trust God and obey what he says. We'll, there's something we'll never understand on this side of the Jordan. Oh, folk, you sing that song, but we'll understand it better. By and by. So you got to, first of all, surrender to God. Thank you, thank you, Mass Choir. You got to say yes. And you can only, uh, and secondly, and thirdly, you must have a supplication that will be done. God, whatever your will is, let it be done. This is your surrender in Gethsemane because see, if you don't surrender in Gethsemane, you will never survive Calvary. If you don't say yes in Gethsemane, you will never survive your Calvary. That's why some folks stopped coming to church. Boy, they were happy and they had a Calvary and they gave up. See, But when you say yes, God, I don't like it. God, I wish it was another way. But if you're doing it, God, I'll say yes. 
I wish you had done it a different way. I wish I had known my daddy, but I never knew Leroy McClendon. He died when I was seven months old. But God, if that's your way, then right on. Got to learn how. If you don't say yes, you'll be fighting with the divine and you won't win that battle. You got to learn to say yes. If you're going to be victorious because Friday is coming, and if you don't learn how to accept and pray and say yes, you'll never celebrate on Sunday. You see, you see, in pro wrestling, pro wrestling is staged. Before the wrestlers come out in the ring, they already have gone and decided on who's going to win. And so what you see on SmackDown and all that stuff and, and all that stuff and all that, that right there is just for entertainment. But they've already decided before they came out to in the ring, they've already decided who was going to win. So they were not fighting for victory. They were fighting from victory. Well, that's the way it is with every child of God. If you come to Jesus, those of us who are in Christ, we are already winners. God has allowed us to go through our Christian walk not to win because we are already victorious. He just wants us to go along with him and on the ride every now and then holler hallelujah and we go on the ride he he wants us every now and then to yell thank you jesus every now and then he wants us on the ride because we already have the victory he wants us to say bless his name you see, we are not fighting for victory because of Gethsemane, because of Calvary and resurrection. We are fighting from victory because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. So stop fussing about your bitter cup. Stop arguing with God about the way you want things to do and be done. Just start saying, Father, not my will, but thine will be done. And if you do it, if you accept his will, he'll lift you up. If you, if you accept his will, he will change your darkness into light. Psalms 30 and 5 said weeping may endure for a night but if you hold on joy comes in the morning so he went a little further sometimes you got to go a little further and you got to go ahead and acknowledge God my heart is broken God I'm sick in my body God I don't like how they treat me on my job God my marriage is all jacked up God I need my children back home but then ultimately you got to say not my will but thine will be done and when you learn how to say that God will lift your burdens when, when you learn how to confess and go along with what God is doing God will change your darkness in the light when you learn how to stop fussing with God and that's why so many people come to church don't open their mouth because they are mad with God because God didn't do it the way they wanted him to do it and so they come to his house after he took 
took care of them all week long and don't sit up in his house and don't say nothing to him well let me tell you what uh, you don't have to say nothing uh, you can zip your lip uh, like a bag but God gonna get the praise he got mountains he got rocks on reserve for if you don't say nothing the rocks gonna cry out but I don't want no rock crying out for me yeah he been good and I say yes he been kind and I say yes it should have been me and I say yes go a little further go a little further go a little further spend more time in prayer spend more time fasting spend more time in the word of God and watch God do it watch God do it oh watch God make your enemies be your footstool you keep on praying go a little further and God will make a way yes yeah yes is there anybody here that know that God will turn it around is there anybody here been in Gethsemane but God turn it around oh, he will but you got to go a little further and acknowledge this bitter cup hate this bitter cup but then if I'm gonna get the joy I got to say not my will but thine be done and he all right say 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 preach that long or that hard but the Lord reminded me of my sermon go a little further <laughs> yeah sometimes you got to sing a little longer sometimes you got to pray a little longer sometimes you got to shout a little longer before God can give you the victory yeah, he will. Yeah, we've already won. Give your neighbor a high five. Tell him if you say we already won, go a little further. Go a little further. 
in your commitment go a little further in your Bible study go a little further in sharing the good news of our Christ and watch God turn that thing around yes he will I say yes he will some of you saints y'all too hung up in this world stuff and you ought to let it go and say yes Lord not my will but your will be done let it go they got a website out now you can sell stuff they call let it go let, let it that's why you can't praise him been saved the folk who hurt you been dead they gone you still mad let it go not my will and God is at work let the devil throw at us as much as he can if God be for us who can be against us go a little further in your marriage start spending more time together and I'm going to say something that's going to be real heavy might want to hug and kiss each other sometime go go a little further come to prayer meeting go a little further watch God work spend a little more time in the word go a little further much time you spend watching football go a little further spend that much time in the world you realize an NFL game and I'm finished only lasts actual hitting and action is only 17 minutes of action most time they spend in the huddle only seven, a three hour game for action is only 17 minutes think about that if you start spending 17 minutes and turn your cell phone off take your apple watch off and just meditate on the word and go a little further watch God amen